0: The Journey Hometown Journal.
1: And as the hardware grows and grows and grows, the software will will even morph and change there as well to try to catch up, and then it'll become more powerful as time goes on. So it's a convergence of both hardware and software recently.
2: We are hearing a lot about artificial intelligence these days, from chat GPT to its use in medicine, military, and industry. Hi, it's Mark Edwards with you on the Hometown Journal, and this week we're going to explore the history, the benefits and the concerns of A.I. Our guest is Dr. Mark Horstmeyer, Dean of the Liberty University School of Engineering. What first led you into engineering? What was about that profession that drew you to it? Yeah.
1: Uh, To be honest, I didn't know what it was. In my high school and where we grew up, we were going to be medical doctors and lawyers. I got the brother to lawyer, brother to doctor and told my dad I didn't want to do that I didn't want to be like everybody else what should I do and he said go to engineering and I said what is it and he said I don't know but they make a lot of money and you always need one <laughs> and uh so I said okay dad so I thought I was a, a person on the back of a caboose on a train but uh just <laughs> went down there in fact you know you know they uh, you change your major three times on average 85% mm-hmm. of college students change your major three times i did it in the first 3 weeks the first <laughs> week i was uh It was a chemical engineer. The second week, I was civil. third week, I was mechanical. I didn't have any idea what I was doing, but (laughs) somebody told me that mechanical engineering was the general general engineering of all of them. You can do anything from there, so I just stuck with mechanical all the way through.
2: Engineering is fascinating because
1: everything we use, everything pretty much that we touch, has an engineering component to it has been engineering. You know, and it's interesting, Mark, when we talk about STEM, you may have heard the word mm-hmm. STEM. People use it a lot for science, technology, engineering, and math. If you look at that, there's a big M. You know, math, we learn in first grade, one plus one's two. Uh, big S, you know, we learn science, mm-hmm. scientific method in fourth grade. My question is, if we really understood the process of engineering, there wouldn't be T. Because, because who makes the T's, the technologies? It's mm-hmm. the engineers, it's not the math and the scientists. And and the the best definition I think I heard was from Theodore von Karman, who won the Medal of Science in 1960. He called himself a rocket engineer, but everybody else called him the rocket scientist. There was even Mm. a stamp called scientist. But he said this. He said, science is the study of what exists. Engineering is the creation of what never was. So the process of science is related to discovery. Discovery of what exists and that process of, you know, I make an observation. I make a working hypothesis. I do experiments for theory. More experiments, law. The process of engineering is really design, analysis of design, and then procurement, logistics, assembly, performance, sustainability, death recycling. And then we design for each of those. So the word engineering comes from the word engines, actually. And then the question is, how many people in the world, what's the percentage of all these engineers who are doing engines? Probably less than 1%. So it's a bad word. So actually, we trademarked a word at Liberty called creationaire. It goes through the same things to separate the difference between science and engineering. So you're creating. It's this process of creation. Today, we want to focus on AI, artificial intelligence. It has been in the news
2: so much lately. Now, you could go back quite a ways to the beginning of AI, things that affect our daily lives. Why are we hearing so much
1: about it now? good question so I remember first hearing about uh, artificial intelligence actually in the late 80s early 1990s and that's when for, that's when first uh, high- performance computing was being used so CPUs central processing units and I do a lot of that with physics based models um, and it hasn't been recently till um, those computing hardware weren't able to do databases that well and, and what happens in AI, it, it accesses information in databases. So when we got to the GPUs and the company NVIDIA just starting GPUs, graphic processing, it made it a lot faster and a lot more useful. The algorithms or software have been, were, were advanced. They were, they were happening before the hardware. And now the hardware is catching up. In fact, just recently AMD announced they have a new, their own GPU, um, that's going to be uh, competitive within videos, and as the hardware grows and grows and grows, there'll be the software will will even morph and change there as well to try to catch up, and then it'll become more powerful as time goes on. So it's a convergence of both hardware and software recently. The concern there then is
2: the impact on obviously civilization.
1: Yes. So yes. What are Maybe we even take a step back. How does AI benefit our lives today? You know, Mark, just like any technology, it could be used for bad or it can be used for good, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when God made things are for good, Satan perverts and distorts truth and good things. So it can be used for good. Uh, basically what AI is, it's using these computer algorithms. It's taking all this information and it's putting it together in one spot. And then it's optimizing it to try to, to predict something in the future. Okay. And the, the issue today is from, I would say, from a Christian perspective, but, but even from an ethical perspective, when we've heard Elon Musk say this, anytime you're doing an optimization on something, you have the objectives of words you're trying to get, you're trying to maximize or minimize, but then there's constraints. All right. And if you don't have a constraint of ethics or of the Bible or love as a constraint, then you can have solutions that go into this optimized space that, that the computer's going to say, this is the answer to. And it'll just move everything towards that solution, okay? So well, let me give you a real good example. And, and this is what I think Elon Musk has been worried about. If the solution is, okay, I'm to minimize the amount of uh, terrorist activity on, on the United States, mm-hmm. and I'm going to get rid of terrorists, OK, so that that's an objective I'm I'm trying to, to minimize. And so that's the, the answers are driving that. But if I don't say I'm not allowed to kill anybody to get to that point, the solution may be I have to kill these five or six people just to get to that terrorist. So there's no constraint, ethics constraint on that that needs to be. And I think that's his concern. But the breadth of AI could be used for many, many things. And it is right now today. I mean, you may if you're on Facebook, if if you're you know have your own accounts or whatever they're monitoring your activities there and what they're doing they're taking that activity all those activities as a database and every piece of information in a da- database and they're projecting what you would want next that's why the commercials or infomercials you get are, are projecting what you've already your history has been showing that you had interest in. you see that mm-hmm. so it's that same kind of thing
2: dr mark horstmeyer dean of the liberty university school of engineering and today we're looking at the use of ai artificial intelligence and its impact on our lives we'll have more of the hometown
0: journal in a minute looking for that sweet album art for some of your favorite songs want to know what music played recently or wanting to support the journey and help us share the hope of christ maybe you just want to take the journey with you wherever you go There's a simple way to do all of that and more. Download the My Journey FM app today, wherever you get your apps. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. Welcome back, Mark Edwards with you, along with our guest,
2: Dr. Mark Horstmeyer, Dean of the Liberty University School of Engineering. Today we're discussing AI, how artificial intelligence is impacting our daily lives, its benefits, and potential threats. Are you surprised at how rapidly, how quickly... The technology has advanced and, and the use of AI
1: no, not, not really once once we reach the threshold of this particular uh, hardware with its GPUs, uh, I knew it was just going to fly, and we've not seen uh, we've not seen the, the maximum use of this yet. A couple of quotes I've seen just actually just in the past week regarding AI world changing. you agree with that so you, you know, in the last century, it was nuclear, and then we just had the information age, Spurgeon, and now the information age is, is really going to take off yeah. even further. And this AI is going to do that. You, you remember when, when IBM's Watson couldn't beat the chess champions? Yeah. But then, then after learning and learning, what learning means is the more uh, information in the database, the more access the computer has to go and gather that information. And then finally, it beats all the the, the, the world experts in chess. Hmm. So we're not right now. I think in AI, we're not at the place where "quote unquote" we're beating the chess champions. Yeah, but there'll be a point where it does. That leads to the next quote that I saw:
2: greatest impact as far as technology than anything we've ever seen.
1: When we first got nuclear, that was the greatest. When we got the internet, it's just another one. Mm-hmm. It's another, if you will, industrial age. It's another transformational transformational paradigm shifting uh, notion yeah so the concern then as you mentioned is restraints yeah technology falling into the wrong hands and there's always this battle of you know espionage counter espionage and and that's why even you know we have security on our accounts you know mm-hmm. and encrypting data and making sure these things but the, but the truth is nothing's permanently encrypted nothing is a hundred percent safe, nothing, yeah. nothing, and you know when you think about like our money exchanges. You know, I, I was at a conference a couple of years ago, and they were talking about we can make our money exchanges so much faster now. Well, to me, that's a red flag because it makes it easier for somebody to steal it. You know, I mean, it make you go bankrupt without. You know, it uh, has happened so fast. You know, you have to encrypt these things. You have to be really thoughtful about your encryptions, multiple encryptions, and and not reach any patterns. But but the computers are fast now. Even even trying to figure out like AI figuring out encryption schemes,
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and predicting then what your next uh, what your next password code is, and da da da, and then searching them out. So and and again, the hardware is there now. So so we'll start seeing these things really take off even more. It's so many areas of our life. Um, I, I just saw a thing about a, a chat GPT uh, Jesus thing. I was going to ask you about You know, that, yeah. where, you know, they, they try to have Jesus' voice and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, who knows what his voice was, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, But then you're getting pictures from the Internet. You could actually look at him, and, and they're morphing him into a three-dimensional uh, structure. Actually, that could be used for good as long as it's all biblical, right? Mm-hmm. If the database is the Bible, Right. And it's constraining just to the Bible. And then a question comes up and he's answering just the Bible. That's, that's, a, that's an answer of saying, hey, it could be a good use. You know, of course, we don't want to make an idol, right? We can't worship that Jesus that's made up right there. Uh, we have to do the real Jesus. But, but then again, you know, there's good things that could be used for. But as long as there's good things, what's going to happen? The devil's going to pervert, distort, based on the pride of man, the selfishness of man, and people are going to use it for bad. How do you as a dean a professor an engineer communicate that it's a, it's a good question it's, it's just like any technology so in, in genesis 1 when god commanded each of us to rule and reign on the earth and i tell the students god makes you rule and reign and what does that mean It means to in, in the engineering sense creation hearing sense it's to god says proverbs 8 12 he gives us knowledge for witty invention so revelation comes from him in terms of understanding this. So God gives that to somebody, right? And then it's, it's up to us as humans to take that revelation. And Deuteronomy eight eighteen says, it's your creator that gives you the power to make wealth. Then to take those ideas, to create these companies, to make wealth, to serve other people, to help other people for mankind to rule and reign. And, and so, so when we engineer something, we create something that's useful, a car. You know, a car can be used for good, mm-hmm. right? Uh, when we have a computer, computer can be used for good. Well, both of those can be used for bad. So we're just trying to say redeem, restore, and renew the culture, bringing the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of men into no matter what we're doing. The same with AI. You know, I, one of my Ph.D. students, former Ph.D. students, is now a leader in Google in, in, in Europe, a very strong Christian man. And one of his groups is overseeing some of these AI things. You know, trying to use it for for godly things within side Google. Okay, we, ha- we can't be ignorant of Satan's devices, as the Apostle Paul oh. said. Uh, on the other hand, we can't say AI is evil, and wrong.
2: One of the the uses of good that we see is in the areas of simulation. The benefits that that can bring to different industries. I, I've seen examples already in the medical profession. Yeah, exactly. How that's been able to help train students train doctors
1: I, I think in the medical field it might have its greatest potential and i hope it really does advance before i get to even few more more time goes by on my than this body yeah. <laughs> so that's what my <laughs> hope is but i will tell you this so i was uh, we were developing a titanium aluminum vanadium atomistic potential with our physics-based atomistic models and and it took uh, because you're having three elements and Ti six four is a main uh, aerospace alloy used in planes, jets, and all that sort of thing. And it took us two years to, to, to get the, the constants right, to get that right. We published it, but two years just to get the model. Well, we did this uh, machine learning uh, optimization algorithm, which, which are basically fundamental codes used in, in artificial intelligence. It took two weeks. And we're like wow how could it speed so fast this is unbelievable and what's really strange see i I always had this doubt of it because it's not physics based Mm -hmm. it's just taking current data and and it's making a decision and again decision theory is a mathematical thing that and, and by the way we all apply this right in the numerator we put benefits benefit in the denominator we put risk right and we make a decision you know you young men i say i told my son i said okay you want to take that girl out what's the benefit in the numerator and you quantify, what's the risk in the bottom? Oh, she rejects you or whatever, you know? And so (laughs) you make a decision based on that, right? It's decision theory. So that's the fundamental idea behind it. Well, but is it physics-based? Well, it actually created the mathematical fundamental form of the physics. Shocking. It was shocking to me, to be honest. Mm. It was just shocking. So then you say, well, there was enough data in there the show of what the mathematical model, the mathematical representation should be. And all it did was just gather all that and make the mathematical fit, basically. So now we're 17 years later, I bet if I went back at this, I bet the database is much bigger, and you, and you start getting to what the physical model should be, if you will, and it, and it sort of gets it. So it becomes more exact. It becomes more exact, and this is what's gonna happen over time, in the different fields some of these fields in social sciences whatever they're not physics based right Right. he says but what if you get enough information in the database it'll start predicting things more accurate so the uncertainty band decreases the uncertainty band is is the band that you're predicting that that because of uncertainties, you could have complete different answers outside of the norm. It's the variation of, of the mean value, effectively. And what's going to happen is more information is getting in there. The uncertainty band decreases. It becomes more accurate, more predictive.
2: You're listening to the Hometown Journal, and this week we are discussing a topic that is very much in the news, artificial intelligence. Our guest is Dr. Mark Horstemeyer, the dean of the Liberty University School of Engineering. When we come back, we'll share some of the projects the School of Engineering is involved in and how they're training the next generation of engineers.
0: Looking for that sweet album art for some of your favorite songs? Want to know what music played recently? Or wanting to support the journey and help us share the hope of Christ? Maybe you just want to take the journey with you wherever you go. There's a simple way to do all of that and more. Download the My Journey FM app today wherever you get your apps. Now back to more of the Journey Hometown Journal. Mark Edwards back with you.
2: Our guest today is Dr. Mark Horstmeyer, Dean of the Liberty University School of Engineering. And we have been discussing artificial intelligence, the benefits and the threats of AI. Here in our final segment, we wanted to share some of the work the School of Engineering is doing and their efforts in training the next generation of engineers. That includes local and national partnerships with engineering firms and businesses.
1: When I started in January 2019, we had 400 students. And we've essentially doubled every two years. It's my, just finished my fourth year. So we're about 1,600 students now. And the two deans before me uh, both were computer science computer scientists, and there was engineering was tied together with computer science, and they did a great job, but they, but they weren't engineers, and they didn't have the the vision for engineering like, like I did, and and the background in in uh, engineering. So we, uh, after the first year, we developed a grad school, and we got SACS accredited for that. Uh, we have over hundred grad students, both residents and online as well, and um, in in the programs at that point, we had. Um, electrical, computer, industrial systems, and mechanical, and civil just started. Our online side, we started uh, civil engineering and an industrial technology, if you will, degree, and then a master's program Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, Hopefully within the next year, we'll have an industrial technology degree, which is basically uh, not not an engineering degree, but a, a degree where the calculus and math and the physics aren't there, but they can go through all the all the uh, experimental things to become a technician. There's a big need in the market for that. We're hoping to do aerospace engineering in the future and biomedical engineering as well. And you know this town in Lynchburg has six over 60 engineering companies. This, this little town. Is that right? Over 60 engineering companies. Wow. You think about the number of company, engineering companies versus the number of people. It's just amazing. Yeah. So I'm trying to integrate. I'm meeting the CEOs of the companies, trying to integrate with our students, with their needs and that sort of thing, and trying to grow that. And it gives an opportunity for
2: cross research, cross application. You mentioned uh, your vision for one day having an aerospace engineering program. Liberty has an aviation program.
1: That's right. That's mm-hmm. right. Aviation and and now they don't take calculus or right. you know, physics and all that sort of thing. And but even the biomedical is a, is an integration mm-hmm. of the health sciences with the medical school as well. Um, so there's some really, really big ones there. I have. Uh, you know, nuclear in this town is big. The two largest companies, right, are, are nuclear, BWXT and Framatone. And two of those uh, leaders are in my, on my board, engineering board. But it's, it's kind of funny. They, they didn't want uh, a major in nuclear engineering. They just, because 90% of their people they hire, electrical engineer, mechanical materials, the people are already doing. So, uh, but, but that's something to keep in mind in terms of the automation, the robotics, the nuclear going on in this town. I'm an auto racing fan, uh, so I was fascinated by the partnership with Hendrick
2: Motorsports.
1: The the students made it up there to (laughs) uh, the Michigan race a couple weeks ago, did a great job, and you should come out and see our our car, our vehicle. It's running now. Uh, Yeah, Rick Rick Hendrick has been uh, very generous in his support of our team. Um, Alba Colon, who's his lead engineer, lead design engineer. She's on our engineering board as well. And she also serves on the form of the SAE panels. And and she was supportive uh, of our team. If our students need uh, advice, they go down to Charlotte and they spend time to help them with them.
2: That is Dr. Mark Horstmeyer, Dean of the Liberty University School of Engineering. We've been talking about how AI, artificial intelligence, impacts our daily lives and the potential benefits and dangers for the future. In that last segment, uh, he was discussing some of the partnerships the school is developing both locally and nationally with the uh, different companies and engineering firms, including the Formula SAE team uh, that is supported by Hendrick Motorsports. They're very much involved in the research and development of that project. To find out more about that or the School of Engineering at Liberty University, visit liberty.edu.
0: I'm Mark Edwards. Thank you for joining us for the Hometown Journal. You've been listening to the Journey Hometown Journal. If you're a part of an organization or know of one in the communities we serve and would like to be considered as a guest, please make your request at myjourneyfm.com. Email office at myjourneyfm.com or call 800-424-9594. The Hometown Journal is a presentation of the journey.